You're listening to the Riot Show. This is the Riot Show. You're listening to the Riot Show. This is the Riot Show. You're listening to the Riot Show. This is the Riot Show. You're listening to the Riot Show. Hey man, the only place I go Every night is the Ryan Show Check us out for an hour, enjoy yourself Good music and special guests Listen, we the best, forget the rest It's just me and Ryan, Chase the team yeah, we bout to rank, rank, rank supreme Come on. Yeah, we coming over and we taking the scene Yeah, we should be on that limelight up, up on the screen Yeah, you know my team, yeah, we really just doing this Fluid up, every time we really just moving this Yeah, man, we mix it up To all of my fellas and chicks with us Hey, best believe, we the new way Mr. T's Rob Boogie and Anthony Dave Let's go. You're listening to The Riot Show This is The Riot Show You're listening to The Riot Show gentlemen boys and girls it is finally that time of the week again we are coming in quick and that's about it okay we're landed this is the ryan show fm and to my <laughs> left is socialite hampton's <clears throat> dave and riding in on the right is hip-hop legend mr cheeks you're oh yeah. baby it is time for another broadcast how are you guys doing tonight doing good doing good, good man i think good <laughs> every night with the team is a good night what a night it's going to be we've got hampton's dave donning what is that it appears to be a new york loser jersey yeah gang green gang green okay the new york jets we're going gang green heavy tonight but there's some significance there legendary soundbite if you're a real fan of football and you're a fan of the trash-talking NFL players that we've all grown to love, then you're a fan of Bart Scott, who will be here tonight. And many- he's, he's our competitor, too. You know, he's killing it. He's killing it in the, on the radio. Killing it. ESPN 98.7. I listen to him there all the time. I know we shouldn't be shouting out the competition, but you know what? It's not really a competition. We're like a semi-sports show on a bunch of music radio stations. So yeah. it's not really competition. Bart Scott, though... Hilarious, great quotes. Always has something uh, interesting or a value to say. Doesn't and close nev- punches. And he's bringing a friend with him. A lot of my friends up in Buffalo and Bills fans that are listening might despise this man, but mostly because he might have performed poorly with the Bills. But then he went down to the Jets and and killed it. Well, was a big part of that whole Rex Ryan run down there. So yes, Aaron Mabin is coming tonight. Painter, activist, and I mean. To be honest, who wants to be drafted to Buffalo, right? It's drafted to Buffalo. I remember when. Oh, oh, wait, you did. Come to think of it, we both did. Yeah, I lived in Buffalo. I did my four-year bid in Buffalo. 
I did a I did a two week bid. Who wants to go to Buffalo? I remember uh Will Smith got drafted there and he said after his after his time there, he said they should just take the city out of New York. Take Whoa. the football team out of out of Buffalo oh, yeah. and just get rid get rid of the city. Although Buffalo, we know we talk our smack, but Buffalo is killing it right yeah. now between music, their football team. Buffalo's back on the map. Yep. I got Buffalo's a lot of people back. out there. I'm kind of just talking talking ish to my people that are still out in Buffalo. You're wearing a Jets jersey. Yep. You have to talk smack to the Bills fans out there. But yes, we do have an interesting night. Aaron Mabin, an artist at this point, and his art is fired. The yes, guy can fire. draw, he can paint. And this is art with meaning, clear meaning, not one of these paintings that you have to look at. It could have 30 different meanings behind it. No, this is art where the meaning is clear. It's right in front of you. And it's to bring awareness on social injustice and just blatant racism and police brutality in this country. I guess that's what you'd call it. Life. Yeah, life. Yep. Art is life. Art is life. I want to connect him with Jeff Starr. Just to throw that in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely someone to connect with Jeff Starr. It's a great idea. Someone who we need to get onto this program. Shark we still things. never had Jeff sure, Starr in all these years on this program. And also tonight we have one of Mr. Cheek's, I don't want to say accomplices. I want to say <laughs> business partner. What would you say? What would you, what would you call the man sitting next to you, Mr. Cheeks? My business partner, my financial advisor, my, my homie. The do it. My finger, the bigger, the bigger. It's a lot. My road dog, nigga. Q Mussolini. And he has a lot to say. I can't wait to get him on later tonight. Yes, sir. Because we are going to be talking to the to the man that created the first ever black-owned cryptocurrency. He's created an entire network, an ecosystem, if you will, that you I mean, look, I, I don't even want to try to wrap my uh, my mind or mince words right now. I think we're going to wait and bring him on so he can tell us a little bit more. Yeah, I don't you know I'm just going to butcher it. Let's be honest here. Um, also tonight, we have Dennis Kelman, DK, as Mr. Cheeks called him, and DJ Johnny Wishbone coming out for the first time. You've heard them on this program. It's going to be a hell of a night. You've heard, them, moves, you've heard the song Money Moves. Yes, Mr. Cheeks' new song, which is fire. Anything that Mr. Cheeks touches, fire. Oh, good looking, kid. It's true. Uh, I mean, we're going to prove it right now. We're going to get man. You should know this, man. Hey. We got Honky Wonky on the ones and twos to get things started. When we come back, DJ we're going to have DJ Honky Wonky on the ones and twos. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to have Bart Scott with us. When we come back, we're going to have Aaron Mabin with us. They're promoting T-shirts for change. A very great cause. Go check them out online at t-shirtsforchange.com. That's for the number this is The Ryan Show FM. DJ Honky Wonky is on the ones and twos. And folks, we'll be back. Check it, check it, check it. Pull up, pull up, pull up. Yo, what up, Neff, See, this is Harlem Street. Turn the music back up. Let's go. I got what Primo, I'm just pressing the cheat code. We 
on a new level with the C notes. I'm from where kids hustle on a block and roll C low. Stay strapped like G bows. T nice with me week to week though. Life was different when they got him for that Rico for a couple kilos. Could've had him underground. He was living life illegal. Now we getting right in our pockets looking chicho. Sipping cappuccino on the jet to cans. Couple models getting lit. They the best in France. Got Leonardo though. Catch me if you can. We had to kill Beijing and next Japan, man. This be hot. I could catch a tan. My demographic in LA, all Mexican. I love my supporters. They keep the check in hand. So every time I get a chance, I'ma bless the fam. What up? What check up? it, check it, check it. Pull up, pull up, pull up. Yeah, what up, Nest Bluff? See, this is home on these side streets. Turn the music back up. That new house, diamonds and mean pearls. Don't went to Africa. Talk to the have-nots. Donated some uniforms. Teach them how to have guap. Primo put the soul in it. I make the track hot, and this thing forever got the game in the padlock. I just want something real. I'm tired of the ass shots. Don't wanna go to the club. I'm tired of them trap spots. My generation stuck on stupid. Showing guns on the ground, but no one use it. Sometimes I feel like I'm about to lose it because the fake win when y'all know what the truth. It's me the F E R to the F G. My boss is gangstar. Nobody can fuck with me. Rest in peace, Guru. Nobody can fuck with he. You rappers is cool, cool. Better wake up out your dreams. Check it, check it, check it. Pull up, pull up, pull up. Yo, what up, Nesta? See, this is home on these side streets. Turn the music back up. Check it, check it, check it. Pull up, pull up, pull up. Yo, what up, Nesta? Shake your body, body. And cop a couple of these. She's a hottie, hottie. Come out your shirt, insert the party rhyme 
fried Dr. Berserk's Bacardi lime With passionate taste to shake your Calvin Klein Before the floor gets moist, case and follow mine Swallow nine, model dimes from Bahamas Slim doodle makers stuffed inside pajamas
the trees, stacking Give me what you can't get back, man. True that, I thought you knew that Just give me The money getters Why don't you give me the world You're rolling with us Give me what you can't get back, man. It's real, NYC Just give me QB Just give me BK BT Give me what you can't get back, See me man. And we have returned. This is the Ryan Show FM broadcasting worldwide. This is your host, Ryan Vernell, and I'm joined as always by my two co-hosts, Mr. Cheeks, legendary MC, and socialite Hamptons Dave. And not only... Am I joined by those two fine gentlemen tonight? But we have two others, two guests that have never been here before, but both of which have played on the NFL on Hamptons Dave's favorite team, the New York Jets, during that fantastic run under coach Rex Ryan, which was almost 10 years ago now that I think about it. But I digress. It's with great honor that I introduce a man that I listen to quite often on the radio, ESPN 98.7 New York, the one and only Bart Scott, an NFL powerhouse and activist turned artist. Aaron Mabin, boys and girls, give it up for these two fantastic guests here tonight. Let's go. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me on. And ladies, I'm sorry. Yes, we got the producer up there. Nora really enjoys the art in the background. Our producer, Nora. I really do. I love art. And I love the work that you guys do. Aaron, I just added you on IG, too. I was looking through your page. Beautiful. Oh, that's so cute. She's taking her shots while she can. Yeah, Yeah, shoot your shot. (laughs) No shots, no shots. You're purely sincere here. Aaron, the artwork is incredible, and it it translates nicely onto T-shirts. And that's why we brought you on T-shirts for change. It's not an ordinary T-shirt company. At T-shirts for change, the art of Aaron Mabin is placed on T-shirts, and it's all art that represents social injustice. So it's a great cause. And I've got to say, first off, Bart, I listen to you almost every day on ESPN. Yep. Before we get into the t-shirts, I just have to tell you, you're one of my favorite broadcasters out there right now. I appreciate it, man. It was like one of those things that I kind of fell into. I was always, you know, talking trash and, you know, having uh, hard opinions. And, you know, Aaron's experienced that. You know, some of my debates yeah. from the locker room, they seem only natural. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things, man. It's fun to be able to communicate and still be part of the game. And you and Han are great. You know, that whole the whole dynamic you have, but that whole lineup that e, that ESPN New York went with, you know, since the new year. I, the, that's my doesn't change that out of my car. ESPN Radio 98.7 is on start to finish. Now, now see, I see you have the Nets behind you. I got now, the Nets. Are you I'm a, a Nets bandwagon? Fan. Is that, is no, that no, a, no, no, no. Is that Derek Col- behind you because KD or? Kenny Anderson and Derek <laughs> Coleman. Okay, okay. Detroit, you know, I rock with, you know, yep, Derek Coleman, you know, Eastside Detroit. And no offense to either of you, I normally make fun of Ham's Dave for the jersey he's got on because it's a Jets jersey, but but take a look at what he's wearing there. Yeah. Usually yeah. doesn't do this. No, but he's no, got man, I, pre- I appreciate the love. I'm a Jets man. fan, too. Do. Jets, big Jets fan, too. You know, my, I'm loyal. That's what I tell my girlfriend. You know I'm loyal. I'm a Jets and a Nets fan. Yeah, so I, now that changes with, with uh, you know, what the Nets have done. Everybody thinks, but I... I go back, Kenny Anderson, Derek Coleman, days. Well, that's what's up. That's what's up, man. And you mentioned trash talking and always having a bit. Like, my favorite part about you as a broadcaster is you just say it how it is. Like, a lot of people are afraid to rub someone the wrong way. And a lot of times people say things just to get you pissed off or just to get a reaction. 
But everything that you say is pretty well thought out, and I feel like that's like what makes a great comedian or a great broadcaster is being able to put into words what other people are thinking. Uh, except, I, pre- except I, on I, the pre- I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, no doubt. T-shirts for change. Once again, you guys are teaming up, but this time it's for an even bigger purpose and a bigger cause, social injustice. And it, I mean, it's clear why you would start doing this and why you'd start creating art like this, Aaron, and why you'd put it on T-shirts. But um, but what's the story behind T-shirts for change? How did you guys come together to start this uh, this project? Well, I, I don't know if Aaron wants to start, but um, you know, I'll, I guess I'll start, Aaron. Well. <laughs> Aaron has has long been doing his thing, right? He's been always, you know, drawing and being so socially conscious. You know, the the work that he does down in Baltimore, which is my unofficial home as well, you know, is Aaron's hometown where he decided to reside after he he played. And I can just remember Aaron being so active for for everybody out there that doesn't know. He teaches art, you know, to students in Baltimore. Um, You know, a couple of years ago, I remember looking at Aaron and, and the work that he was doing within the schools when they didn't, kids didn't have, um, they didn't have adequate heating uh, within in the schools and kids are in class with, with their coats on. So I know, you know, Aaron in his heart, uh, but also appreciated and always loved his art, right? This is something that he's always been passionate about. And it, every time I look at Aaron's art, you know, it kind of reminds me of good times in Ernie Barnes, right? Like some of the, <laughs> the flow and, and, and his style. It just reminds me of the old good times. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we were just talking about Ernie Barnes before you signed on. Right. So, it, I mean, your art just reminds me of Ernie Barnes, and it's always, you know, right on point. And I can't draw. I, I have no nonverbal forms of communication outside of, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I needed somebody to help me out. And I knew Aaron was passionate about the same things that, I, that I'm passionate about, and that's giving back, you know, to not only, you know, you know kids, um, the underserved, but also particularly to the Baltimore community where I still go back for 15 years. I've still been doing my charity there for 15 years, far after I left. Um, that's a special place to me. New York's a special place to me. Detroit's a special place to me. You know, Carbondale, Illinois is a special place to me. So to me, life's all about, all about impact. And it was like, man, how cool would it be for me to take something? Because what happens is you see T-shirts and everybody had the Black Lives Matter T-shirts and things of that sort. But, you know, you run into copyright infringements, all yeah. that type of things. And I was like, listen, man, Aaron art is always right on point. I was like, man, how beautiful would it be to put it on a T-shirt? You know, so I called my friend up and, you know, I told him what I was trying to do. He knows what I'm all about. I know what he's all about. You know, I was like, well, how great would it can would it be, you know, for me and you to kind of team up together to see how we can, you know, utilize your art or sometimes my vision. You know, somebody tried to play me a couple of days ago and had an image of me looking wacky D. You know, I call Aaron up like, yo, Aaron, man, this dude trying to play me, man. You know, because I, you know, I just do fun stuff, man. He's like, Bart, I got you, man. He's like, yo, I think you try to do have my neck looking like a giraffe. Man, I'm like, listen, my neck is big and long, bro. But it ain't all like that, man. He had me, then he had me look like I was eating a bunch of nuts in my mouth, like I was storing nuts like a chipmunk. I said, yo, man, I can't put this on a T-shirt. They're going to laugh me up out of here, man. So Aaron hooked me up, and I knew how talented he was. I knew how passionate he was. And I figured, why not take my passion for, for philanthropy, your, your passion, but then your love of the arts and my love for just creativity and just doing stuff, you know, cause I'm a busybody. You know, I called him up and, you know, like most friends do, man, he's like, I got you. He's always had me and I've always had him, you know, no matter what he needs, no matter what I need, it's all about networking. And I think that's what we fail to do. So too often we try to do stuff on our own, but it's not about to network. It's about to network. 
network. No matter how much money I got, I can't find a dude that's gonna have my back and see my passion and make sure I ain't out here looking stupid. And he knows that he knows he knows if I put my name on it and it's next to his, I won't embarrass Mm -hmm. him and I won't go out there and play him at all. I'm gonna go out and push it 100%. And and all the proceeds for these t shirts are going to charity, I read on the website. Yeah, no doubt. No cheese for me, man. I got enough cheese on my taco, and Aaron does too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's to go help support whatever cause that Aaron wants to support in Baltimore um, or wherever. And whatever I want to support here, you know, as I, you know, continue to help out with Chris Canty. Athletes always help each other out. The first thing somebody yep. says, hey, man, can you come to my golf tournament? Can you come to this? And, you know, those are the things that we go out and, you know, have the art I have is bought from charities. You know, it's a fraternity. From, yeah, half the stuff is from Jason Taylor's. A uh, golf tournament that he has down in Miami all the time. Now, I appreciate the free trip to Miami. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? I pay it forward by buying some stuff. You know, what I mean, I got my Prince guitar, my BB King guitar. Ooh, nice. That's real important, Bart. I, I'm gonna hop in real quick because I, I definitely want to make sure that, um, just for me personally, one of the thing, one of the reasons I think this is uh just a really dope um idea on his part because he did approach me with the idea, um, and of course. If he had asked me anything, you know what I mean? That's that's my guy. Bart is my guy. Like, and there's very few people that you play with that, you know, you end up forging lifelong friendships and relationships with. But, you know, he's somebody that, you know, I always respected him, you know, growing up. And he's older than me. And, you know, growing up in Baltimore, he was playing in Baltimore when I was still here. You know what I'm saying? So it was amazing for me to be able to, end up being teammates with somebody who I respected immensely the way that I did, you know, Bart at the time. And then when I finally got to the Jets, um, the first couple years of my career was doo-doo up in Buffalo. That, you know, that's after- where I went to college. So that's We were up there at that you, time yeah. during those years. Boy, it's, you got to stay, so. stay away from Dinosaur's Barbecue, man. Yeah, I got man. it right around the corner in Brooklyn. It's just <laughs> like everything, you know, everybody in, in – in football at the time was kind of like ready to write me off. And when Rex brought me into uh, to the Jets locker room, he did so because he believed in me. And Bart was one of the first people to kind of like embrace me with open arms. And like one of the guys, like he liked to talk a lot of shit, just like I did, you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, there was obviously a, a, a kinship there, but for me, um, you know, football is one thing and the locker room is one thing, but the measure of a man, you know, in my eyes is who you are off the field and, you know, seeing the type of husband that he was, the type of father, the type of just man in the community. Um, I had immense respect from him for him for day from day one and anything that he was doing charity wise, I would always try to like support and vice versa. And um, once, you know, of course, I wasn't with the Jets, you know, for anything but two years, you know, so. After I was gone, we still continued to keep in contact. And when I decided to dive head first into this community work here in Baltimore, he was one of those people that was constantly checking up and asking me, like, not asking me for anything, but just basically saying, like, what are you doing? Like, how can I, what, how can I help? And a lot of people don't really put those examples up on a pedestal and show people what it looks like when athletes come together and say, this is not about me. This is not about building up my platform. This is not about doing something that is going to cause people to praise me and tell me how great I am. I really believe in the work that you're doing, and I want to try to find a way to amplify that 
and give you an opportunity to sow into a community that I also care about um, just as deeply as you do. You know what I mean? And for me, that really, it touched me. You know what I'm saying? Because very few times, you know, I'm, I'm in circles with a whole lot of people. And Bart will tell you, I'm never the person that will call and ask for anything. You know what I mean? Like, like, because my whole thing is everybody that I know, they see the moves that I make. And if you feel compelled to support or to help, I want it to be because you feel that way. But I don't want to be that guy that just because we played together, I'm calling you about no. this. I'm calling you about that initiative. I just want to be putting my own work in, putting my own money up, putting my own influence out there. And for him to see that and say, I believe in it to the extent where I want to try to amplify your art to, you know, bring um, um, awareness to issues that we're both passionate about. That was just phenomenal to me. And I think that it shows an example of what it looks like for two athletes to be selfless and say, this is not about us or building up our platforms. It's about using our platforms to give voice to something that is a pivotal topic right now in society. Yeah. Uh, a topic that we want to make sure that we're on the right side of. So in letting our voices be heard, we want to use that as an opportunity to invest into community, you know? So all of the proceeds that you said from this are going to be invested back into community grassroots organizations that are doing the work. Great cause, great art. And you mentioned that Jets locker room. That was one of the most fun teams that (laughs) we've ever seen. You know, Dave here is the Jets fan. I'm the Giants fan, but... I mean, playing Ooh. under Coach Rex Ryan during that time, and he yeah. gets all this like hate. I feel like if you're a fan of football, there was no way you couldn't appreciate that intensity, and there's no way that you couldn't appreciate that entire team and the run you guys had in general. Well, you think about the characters that you had within that. Whether you had the comments of Teddy P, aka uh, Revis Island, you look like yeah. Teddy Pendergrass <laughs> Jr., your little son or something. <laughs> or you had, you know, you had, you had Chris Jenkins. You know, you had Sean Ellis, guys who have been here. Rex is like that inappropriate big uncle that comes over to the picnic that's going to say all the stuff that you, yep. that you, that you don't want to say. He's going to embarrass you in front of your girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? But he's going to keep it real. But you know if somebody starts scrapping, he in the foxhole with you, you know what I'm saying? He's going to throw the first punch. So it's like one of those things. And that's something that you learned from Brian Billick. You know what I mean? That, you know, you have to understand that as a head coach and as a player that our lives and our livelihoods are linked together. First they fire me, but then they're going to fire the coach. So in, in essence, our futures are linked together. The better I play, the more job security he gets. And he, uh, he's always understood that. He's always appreciated that. You know, he's a football guy. He's a football lifer. You know, I mean, he's the son of, you know, Buddy Ryan, one of the probably the, one of the most innovative outside of Dick LeBeau defensive minds in the history of football. You know, and that was a lot of pressure for him. He had big shoulders. And a lot of stuff he said being braggadocious, loquacious inside of, in, in front of the cameras. But just basically to take the, the, the pressure off his team yep. and the pressure off the fact that he had a rookie quarterback and put it squarely on his yep. shoulder. So you're so busy criticizing him and all the crazy stuff that he said that you don't pay attention that our quarterback couldn't throw left. You know, what I'm saying? Yep. You know, we had to figure that out. I and mean, then we had red light, green light. But it was, you know, all the things that he that he entrusted and instilled in us. And also the fact that he gave us ownership of it. Right. If we didn't want if hmm. we didn't like something, you know, what I'm saying he threw it out. And when you give somebody ownership of, of a defense or ownership of a team, then they're, they're going to make sure that they see it through. And I, you know, I learned a lot about my leadership skills from Rex, right? You know, because when you when you take the input of everybody, you know, it makes them feel valued. When you have somebody that feels valued, then they're willing to lay on a, lay their, lay themselves on the line in a football sense, play with injuries, you know, play hurt, 
you know, play injured, which is something totally different. You know, I've seen guys come back and, you know, when I was a member of the Ravens, I can remember Samari Rowe having neck surgery where they went through his esophagus, cut, moved his neck over, fused his, his C4, Jesus. C7, and C8. He came back to play for Rex. Not that for himself. Insane. He came back at the end of the year to yeah. play for Rex. That's the type of love that, that, that guys have for Rex. You know, because he, you know that, you know, he's going to have your back. I mean, you could tell being a fan, you could tell the way the organization changed in that time. Like when he came aboard and like players like you came aboard, you know, it just changed. You could tell he was the, you know, like the player's coach. And like you could see you guys just embodied him. And it just, I mean, as a Jets fan, that was, man, those years are the best. But still, I, you know, you know Aaron, still, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron being able to get a little get back, you know what I'm saying? You know, the, the Buffalo let him go. Like, all right, now you got to see him. Now you got to see him with us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We put Aaron on the old fish hook. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, karate chop over the top. And, you know, there, there we go. You know what I'm saying? And once again, I'm sure that has a lot to do with a good coach. And Rex Ryan, to me, always gets the short end of the stick. I mean, you said it yourself. It's not the coach that's out there playing, it's the players when you take, you know, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, for example, but it's kind of the same thing with Rex Ryan. If the players don't get it done and he gets blamed for it, I mean, look, to me, he does everything that head coach needs to do. He gets you super hyped. He's a player's coach, like they say. So what do you think? Is is there a chance that maybe we'll see him as a head coach in the NFL again one day? In, in football, you only get two shots. And, you know, unfortunately, Rex loves too much. And he trusts his guys too much. So, like, he, I feel like he shouldn't have never went to the Bills, but he wanted to get back so fast and prove everybody that he can coach. You know, it's tough to win in this league when you don't have a franchise quarterback, whether it's Geno Smith, you know, Sanchez kind of flamed out. And in the organization as a whole did a horrible job in drafting. I mean, you think about D. Milliner, you think about Kyle Wilson, you think about uh, – you know, uh, Stephen, Stephen Hill. Hill, you think about Vladimir Dukas, about <laughs> think about Quentin, Quentin Copels. Like, yep. you can't miss, you can't miss. Uh, he's a Tar Heel, though. He's a, we, got, we give Quentin Copels love. He's a Tar Heel. Well, but, but check this out. <laughs> the organization hot, you know, drafted the same position four years in a row. Yeah, I know. Quentin Copels, Leonard Williams, Muhammad Wilkerson, yep. uh, Quentin, uh, and um, Sheldon Richardson. Same damn position. Yep. You know, you can't do that. You can't miss. You can't you miss. You can see it was the heart wasn't there. I feel like in all those all those picks. Well, Sean Richardson was a beast, but you know, yeah, so yeah. you can't be you can't be speeding 120 miles an hour with an yeah. eight year on the back seat, man. Like yeah. you can't you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you, you should, out here like a wild dog. Wild. <laughs> oh, he should have just let me keep on rushing. Yeah, he should have just let me keep on rushing a quarterback instead of grabbing Q, man. No, exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's what. <laughs> That's something good. We had something good going that first year, man. You we had we had we had a good old fish hook. Yep. Damn. Good old fish hook. I gotta say quick, I just gotta put this out there. I still, you know, I still play my pickup basketball and everything. When I'm on my way, I still play that can't wait that interview. That's like one of those, that's one of those like one of the greatest the the greatest sound bites. I remember incredible. watching that that live. Oh man, uh that was a good time to be a Jets fan. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, like you know, people actually was that pre-recorded. You know, like absolutely, bro. I, I never, I never thought about you know what I was going to say. It was like one of those things, man, where like if you look at um old school when old boy just blanked out. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those yep. things you can learn a lot from a dummy. Oh, you know no. what I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I went, I went, just... full, I went full Tropic Thunder, man. South yeah. <laughs> Pound to the new something was going on when I came in as an airplane and landed like a helicopter. He was like, yep. <laughs> 
Like, yo, something I mean, wrong with this dude. You had me thinking we were winning the Super Bowl already, though. Like, the Steelers were already – I was looking past that. Hey, man, without you – know, Brian Schottenheimer, if you would have just ran the damn ball four times with Sean Green, yep. you know, that could have been a different story. But, you know, it's one of those things. I think that team would not be remembered because we couldn't close the show. Because if we would have yep. got to the Super Bowl, we would have played, you know, Green Bay. People forget we had played Green Bay that year, and we held them to three field goals. Yep. You know what I mean, we, we we were locked in to what they were doing, but you know, it's just one of those things that wasn't meant to be. You know, and you know, the Giants. This is the Giants' time because they they closed the deal, right? They they finished the yep. show. You know, but it's a lot harder to do it when you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And you know, I, we were just a bunch of guys come together quickly. Chris Jenkins getting hurt and Leon Washington yeah. getting hurt really killed us to be able to give us that depth that we needed and that dominant defensive line. What momentum! What a hell of a time! I gotta say. And on that note, really quick, we're not. Uh, we're just gonna go play a little bit of music, come back, wrap things up. But first, let's plug the Instagram. And uh, and real quick, Aaron, let's start with you. Where can they find you on IG? Um, just Aaron Maven. Uh, you type in Aaron Maven, or you type in uh, Aaron Maven Art. Um, you'll be able to see the work. You'll be able to see the stuff that uh, we got going on in the community down here in Baltimore. Um, and everything that you know I got going on, I pretty much try to keep my social medias up to date, Twitter page and my um and my IG, so you can check me out on that. We see you yeah, active you on that, man. Check out check out the last two we did with the little boy and little girl, man. See if that would be dope for a t-shirt too. You know what I'm saying? Here we go. And it's Monday to those that are listening oh, right and, now. This is pre-recorded. About the art too, man. The art, the art is dope. Yes, like we were talking about a little. Which we'll get into when we get back. It's different to view the art than it is to purchase the art. And I can only imagine how hard that must be to be an artist. Now, but we'll get into that. Bart, uh, we also have Mr. Bart Scott here as well. Bart, what's your Instagram? And you know, like my social media lady, she, you know, uh, I think she's going to kill me. But uh, I think it's the real Bart Scott. The real Bart Scott. Is that Diza? <laughs> I got to say, shouts to Hadiza. I'm assuming it's the real Bart Scott, I the think. The real Bart Scott. Yes, not the fake one. Not the fake one. The real This is the Ryan Show FM. And, uh... And guys, why don't we leave it up to you? Is there a song in particular you'd like us to play on FM radio that needs more airplay? Something that maybe is from, like, a throwback or something like that? Oh, yeah. Well, one of my favorite songs of all time is Renee. Oh, man. But everybody's requesting Renee. You know how many times yeah. we play Renee? Yo, yo, bro, it's a that's classic. My song, that's my favorite yeah. song of all time, man. Uh, you know what? Then it never gets old. It's what they call timeless. Mr. Cheeks is in the house. At a house party while we're doing this, this is the Ryan Show FM. <laughs> and we will be back. So let's go. Lost boys. Now all my shorty say, again our love is the law that we live by. Day by day, I wonder why my nigga had to die. And all my nigga say, I reminisce of what my ghetto princess every day. Honey named Renee that I met one day on my way back from John Jay. I'm peeping shorty as she's walking to the train. I tap her on the shoulders. Excuse me, Miss McGann, I get your name. She said, My name is Renee. I said, I got a whole lot to say. So, may I walk you to the subway? She said, If you want. So, yo, we started talking. I brought two friends and two drinks and we began walking. I had to see where her head was at because the gear was mad fat. So, we must chat about this and that. She told me what she was in school for. She wants to be a lawyer. In other words, shorty studies law. I'm telling shorty I'm a writer And as she's looking for a token She drops a package of the easy water Covers her mouth with a name ring I said yo, don't sweat the technique, your diva I do the same thing, but yet I use Philly Blunts She said I never fuck a Philly Blunts Because I heard that's what silly stunts 
I said, nah, they run slow. Right now, I really don't know you, but maybe later on, I can get to show you. Sitting on the train, besides her fingernails, shorty got the hair do with pain. Now understand she got flavor. A tough leather jacket with some jeans and the chain and the mom's gave her. Got off the train about 6 34. She wasn't sure she had grub for the door. So we hit the store. Went to the crib and turned the lights on. A crazy magazine stand. My message and write on. I left the couch stereo system with crazy CDs. Understand cause she got cheese. She said she do what you want. She said I'm gonna feed the door. I said I right, well I'm a this blunt. She came back from stretch pants and the phony tail a t-shirt. Hey yo, Zah, I got a tenderoni girl. We're sitting on the couch chatting. We're smoking blunts off the balcony. We're staring at Manhattan. She started feeling on my chest. I started feeling on the breast. And there's no need for me to stretch the rest. Hey yo, I got myself a winner. Uh-huh. We spoke the blunt before we ate. And the blunt after we ate dinner. She had a tattoo. She only wanted go to see. But first, then you like to turn up the show to see. I'm like whatever, shorty rock. We could swing it like that. Cause on the real, this is where it's at. A ghetto love is the law that we live by. Day by day, I wonder why my shorty had to die. The next day on the water, better letters on the pillow, and this is what the letter said. It said, Cheeks, I'll be home around two. You was deep in your sleep, so I didn't want to bother you. I left my number for shorty to call me later. Got dressed, smoked a blunt, and then I bounced towards the elevator. I got the beef around three. I'm asking shorty, what's up with you? She's asking, what's up with me? Hey, yo, we've been together for weeks. Candlelight, dinner with my shorty, crack a 40 with my naughty free. Hey man, I never been in love But every time I'm bursting in and out of state It's shorty that I'm thinking of I'm hanging out with my crew I get a beat from Renee Because Renee uses cold too But yet I'm trying with her mom deuce She says Renee's been chopped So cheeks, meet me, I best ain't loose I jump on the van with I gotta make it there quick Hey yo, this shit is getting mad thick Not even thinking of the pronoun I'm doing the fuck who gives a fuck I'm smoking boom in the whole nine I gotta see what's going on And by the time I reach the hospital They tell me Mr. Cheeks Renee's gone I pour beer out for my shorty who ain't here I'm from the ghetto So yo, this is how I shed my tears A ghetto love is the Lord that we live by Day by day I wonder why my shorty had to die Say peace to 
cats who rock Mac knowledge, knowledge is street astrologists, light up the mic, guard knives, this block joints, the character points, Corolla, Motorola, Hola, play it guard, he pack over the shoulder, chrome tanks, play it like Yanks, check the franchise, front on my guys, my enterprise, blast many lives, the pillow fakes like reflectors, he has sugar in his ear in his last crack career, we can can him, manhandle him, if you wanna, run in his crib, get ditto, skate like a limo, and jet to the fly state, relate, take a break, break down the eighth and then wait, drop it like Drake, thugs, they be bowing and screwing, we canoe and claim they doing the same, we doing the union, it's the same style, was the trainer boy, jump the turnstile, on the alley, try to challenge guard for the new bounce, especially that, aluminum bat in the act, relax, laid back, sell a grenade a day, it pays black, the Mac 10 flex, white cats like Windex, index, finger be sore, busting these fly scraps, the Wally camp count, crazily grins, provide plans, laying with my and my mans and Lex lands, we losing them, jet to the stash, and now Jerusalem, abusing them, rocking his jewels like we using them, low pro star, seven thick waves, rock polar, roll with the older guard, build with the sun. Mercury raps is rough, they guard your soul like chess. Red and white, while the match, bear my baseball hat. Do it forever. Send out the window on turnpikes, robbing. Swiping on dirt bike, pushy metal like Vaughn Harper, radio barber. Murder sleep away camp, the fly lady champ, the arsonist who burn with his pen regardless. Slaying all these earthlings and fake foreigners in the Philippines, pick up rubies, bubbling strings. Buy a chemical cream, we burn kerosene. The conviction of my tape is rape wicked like Nixon. Long heads inscriptions with three sixes and kiss the pyramid, experiment with high explosive. I slap box with Jesus, lick shots at Joseph. Zooming like binoculars, the rap blacksmith. Money's Rolex was rockless, chef rack top. Spotless, I'm Iron Man, no decash metal, I'm still alloy. True identity hitting this side, chick with tabloids, breathe oxygen, both sides of my jaw carry oxygen. The track it like a bangers in hundred wide boxes. No jostling, he's cash my little JP Dalian. Sip our response out of weed Dalians. This is the Ryan Show FM, and we have returned. This is your host, Ryan Vernell. And alongside of me, as always, we've got Hamptons Dave, socialite. Yeah. This man turns up harder than anyone in New York City. Hold me to it. I don't care which <laughs> athletes you partied with or which musicians. This guy's an animal. Wrecking ball attached. Uh, and also the legendary Mr. Lights Camera Action, a.k.a. Mr. Cheeks. And joining us tonight, the co-owners of T-Shirts for Change, 
ex-NFLers Bart Scott and Aaron Mabin. It is an honor to have you guys here tonight, gentlemen. And Aaron, I have to ask, it's not often that we get an athlete in here that is an artist as well. I feel like it just takes two different sides of your brain or of your being um, to be an NFL player and then to create and paint. Uh, So I got to ask, were you doing this the whole time? Is this something that you got into after your NFL career was over? When did it all begin? No, I was, um, I've been a lifelong artist, man. I was uh, creating art before I could form words and speak. Uh, when I was a toddler, I used to steal every bit of aluminum foil and Reynolds wrap available in the house and be making all of my own action figures and stuff <laughs> until um, I found, you know, my love of sports. Well, kind of simultaneously, the only times when I was a kid that I was sitting still was when I was practicing, you know, for some kind of sport or when I was creating. So uh, from a young age, I was an artist. Um after my mother passed away uh, when I was six, uh, it kind of became like my emotional mm-hmm. coping mechanism and, you know, my first kind of introduction to therapy. Uh, and, you know, I ended up really, you know, my parents saw it at a young age. They kind of fed the beast, um, kept me involved with different art uh, programs the same way they did with athletics. And um, I just started achieving, you know, um, I did my first uh, mural for the um, city of Baltimore when I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I attended classes at Maryland Institute College of Art on scholarship when I was uh, in middle school. Wow. First you scholarship. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, know, I'm I learning was- something new right here. Who knew we had a little <laughs> Negro Picasso right here? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And, and to be doing murals at 11 years old, too, is insane. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got a couple pictures of it on my social media of me, just an 11 year old me climbing this big ass scaffold to paint right on North Avenue in St. Paul. But, um, but yeah, and then I majored in art in college, you know, so I always knew that. So you um, went to class in college? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to, um, to really get it in. But no, nah, like, to be perfectly honest, you know, I was. I was brought up in a kind of household that really like, you know, prioritize education. Um, you know, I'm, you know, the second generation person to go to college in my family. You know what I mean? So that for me, it, it meant something. And as much as as much as I believed that I was going to have the opportunity to play in the NFL and that I was going to be able to accomplish a lot of great things and all of that, you know, there's no stake in that. You know what I mean? And I played with a lot of guys that, you know, were one injury from greatness. You know what I mean? So um, I always took, you know, school seriously because I knew that that wasn't what I had to fall back on. That was what I had. You know what I mean? And football was that dream that, you know, maybe you accomplish it, maybe you don't. But um, I always knew that I didn't know that I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing right now in terms of like, you know, being an educator and a writer and author and all of those things. But like, I knew that art was going to be a big part of it. So we were all broke college students. Like art was my hustle. So, you know, when I need a little couple of dollars to take my girl out. When I want ah, see, see, you can get away. You can get with that. Get away with that in Penn State. Somebody give you $50,000 for, <laughs> for, hey, for a stick picture. 
Ain't <laughs> 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 hey, no cheese in your taco in Southern Illinois. I tell you that. Yeah. cheese on that taco yeah <laughs> absolutely i leveraged that position to, to to build what ultimately would be you know my career as an artist after the end of my football career all comes full circle like they say so any big plans for this year when it comes to your art is there like some type of a art masterpiece basil? Art, basil? Yeah. art basil if they have it like yeah. Done it. I done done no, it. Florida's I, wide open, man. You do everything yeah, on Florida. Miami, Miami, no mask. They got strip clubs open in Florida yeah. right now. Yeah. Whatever you want, man. Look, man. They just Look. got the mask in the other spot. <laughs> <laughs> got, whole, got whole babies and stuff <laughs> out back here in Baltimore. So I can't I can't just jump all the way out the out the, the wagon like that. But um no, honestly, I I've I've been blessed, you know, and I gotta I gotta acknowledge that during this pandemic because um, for a lot of artists, this has been a really hard time. Um, a lot of artists have seen opportunity and, you know, exhibitions and big money um, um, platforms kind of evaporate right in front of their eyes. Um, and I've really been doing a lot of work here in Baltimore to uh, try to advocate on their behalf and create pathways to um, sustainability for them in the midst of, you know, this still shutdown kind of that we're in. Um, you know, people don't realize how that affects artists, performers, entertainers, um, but a lot of them are really struggling. So um, I've, I've been blessed to be appointed um, to the newly appointed mayor, um, his transition team on the Arts and Culture Committee. Um, so I try to leverage that um, position to um, try to create more pathways for uh, artists to have sustainable, you know, livable income and things like that. But me personally, I've, um, I've exhibited in two different exhibitions during this time, during this past year. And one of them is still going on. It's at the Maryland Hall in Annapolis. Uh, so it'll be going on through the 27th or 28th of this month. Um, okay. So we're still having people coming through uh, the gallery and the museum. So um, you got to wear your mask and socially mm -hmm. distance, that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you're in that area and you would like to come out and, and check out that exhibit, um, it's available. And if you're not able to come, uh, if you go to the Maryland Hall's website, uh, they have a virtual tour um, that you can take. And if you, you know, wanted to purchase um, any of the pieces, they've, they've made that um, available virtually as well. Nice. And I just want to continue to, uh, to pursue, you know, new ambitious heights as far as, you know, my personal art goes. But, um, you know, there's always my career as an artist and then there's the artwork and the art work that I do. And yeah. so uh, that involves making opportunities for my my students and my kids to exhibit their work which um, must be difficult i mean with the internet do you think that it makes it harder that now everybody can view your art 
Because, uh, you know, back in the day, you'd have to worry about getting seen and being put in the right eyes. But now people are viewing your work for free. So it must have just changed everything. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, I don't I don't try to look at it as a negative, you know, because when you look at it through that lens, it's almost like. So when social media is beneficial for us, you love it. You know what I mean? When it when it's over commodification of the work dilutes your work, then you hate it. But at the end of the day, you got to take the good with the bad. You know, this is where society is now. And as I said a little bit earlier, these new platforms and these new forms of technology didn't exist 100 years ago. You know what I mean? So if they existed 100 years ago, the painters and the artists and all that kind of stuff would utilize them the same way we're doing right now. So we can't complain about People set people have more people having access to our work when we say we want our work to be accessible. I'm not yeah. one of those elitists that believes art is just supposed to be in museums. Art is supposed to be everywhere. It's supposed to be on a street corner. It's supposed to be in your classroom. It's supposed to be on your TV screen. It's supposed to be on movies, stages. So life. That it's yeah. a beautiful thing that art is everywhere, and that I don't need a museum in order to get my message out there. That's a freeing feeling. I'm not, I don't have to be one of those artists that goes around begging for platforms to show my work. I show my work wherever the hell I want to show my work. And because it's dope, there's always going to be a market. I did that. Makes sense. And the fact that the artists themselves, Love that. we don't need museums anymore. You know, so if yeah. I choose to work with a museum, it's because I actually, um, I feel like their their exhibit or what they're trying to do with that at that museum is aligned with my beliefs of of what I want to see artistically in the world. So I think that ultimately, you know, you can look at it and say it's watered down a lot of the work and it's made things common. But um, at the end of the day, if you dope, you dope. So like, true. <laughs> all right with that. Yep. The cream rises to the top. And you just got to adjust, right? I mean, I'm sure that there's always something to complain about. Like you said, I'm sure that a hundred years ago that there was something of that nature that people could whine about, but no, it makes sense. It's the lens that you look at it through. I'm from a city of hustlers. Yeah. I mean, you're from, exactly. You're from Baltimore. (laughs) That's right. So, I mean, look, we could go on and on all night. We've got two legends here. I mean, I could be asking a million and one questions, but I know these guys are busy and have a million things going on, a million different endeavors. It took a lot to get them here, so I'm happy to even be able to say that we had them on the show tonight. I just want to ask one thing quick, you know, just coming from radio. Bart, you're not in the studio, are you? Are you doing like when you're doing the... No, no, I got... Not here, not now. I mean, for like the show, when you're recording the show or... Yeah, I I see you. I got the TBU, ah, I got, I got the TBU technology. I go into the studio every once in a while. Yeah. But, you know, Do you find it harder? Well, the good thing about this, the good thing about the pandemic is now with technology, you know, you got the WebEx, you got, you know, you got uh, StreamYard, you got all these different, you know, uh, platforms, you know, Google Chrome that have, that have, you know, the innovation. So now, I mean, I don't know if I ever want to go back to the, uh, to the studio. It's I'm never going to be the same. Next week and I can, I can do the show. You can just do it right there. Yeah. up for work. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, this is the future. I love yeah, it. This I mean, way. That's, yeah, that's, that's the beauty of it, right? And I think outside of this pandemic, we saw that now we don't have to spend all this money for studios. We don't have to spend all this money for office space. You know, now you can save money that way. Who who wants to sit up there and be spending a hundred thousand dollars a year? I mean, a month. You know, to rent out a studio, mm-hmm. in New York, 
when you can do it from home and, and put that money back into the company. And we see that, you know, the stress level is down. I ain't got to worry about spending $80. You know, $50 pajama pants. You, you, all you got to worry about is the man. top. Man, half time you see me on here, man, I got a suit on. I got some shorts underneath. Man. I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. on when I'm out. I pull it off like a warm up for basketball, man. I'm done. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> it really has changed the game. And not just at work, but all around the board. I feel like people just don't put as much effort into dressing nice. It's kind of great. But uh, but once again, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on. T-shirts for change. Go check out the website. The link is going to be in the bio of the write-up that's coming to our website. Once again, we are officially accredited news on Google. So go check out The Ryan Show. There's an article that will be up there right now on this interview on T-shirts for change and on the endeavors of Mr. Bart Scott and Aaron Mabin. Gentlemen, anything else that we need to know? Any last words for our audience before you guys go about your uh, very busy nights? Well, like I tell people all the time, man, life isn't about what we, you know, what we gather, you know, monetarily or, or, you know, materially, but it's about impact. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to create impact. You know, if you can say that you changed somebody, one person's life, then that's a life well lived. Couldn't have said it better myself. Let's make an impact, everybody. Folks, this is The Ryan Show FM. Follow these two men on Instagram. They said it earlier. The link's in my bio at The Ryan Show. DJ Honky Wonky on the ones and twos. Let's get it going, baby. A bing.